and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts, and welcome to 2019. This is episode 51. Wow, what a year. Am I right? Oh, wait, it's only January. Well, what a year it's already been. I feel like I haven't sat down to do anything with the podcast since Pat was here, and you know, taking a break was something my brain actually needed, and I really didn't think that I was actually going to sit down and do this episode for a really long time, because every time I went to sit and write it, I just had a massive panic attack, and that was awesome. So anyway, here I am. I'm back. I'm not dead. Back by zero demand. Um, here to bring you all the goods from January 2019. Isn't that what we all wanted? I think so. I also feel like I haven't been home in months. I mean, I finally did laundry since before Christmas. I don't even way before Christmas, like the second week of Christmas, the second week of December technically is Christmas. The whole month of December is Christmas to me. So Christmas 1st is December 1st. But anyway, I'm already off topic. This is this is why I don't record because I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. But I am truly adulting to the fullest. And that is very clear if you haven't already guessed. But anyway, welcome to the first episode of the new year, new year, new me, but same shitty sense of humor. That's what you guys really value. And that's why you're really still here, right? Right? I have been tracking a lot of bullshit while being on a short hiatus. And every time I sat down to actually write, because yes, I did sit down to write multiple times, but um, it's just everything kept happening there's so much stuff that's been happening in the last like month and the month's not even over so it's just utterly insane but some of the topics I wanted to talk to about talk to you guys about see words are even hard I I really don't know what I'm doing anymore it's just new year new words same level of difficulty but um, some of these things are semi-old news. And by semi-old, I mean it happened at the beginning of the month. It's now um, January 21st, so a little late to the party. But, you know, better be late than never show up, which I usually do. But whatever. <laughs> some of the topics I wanted to talk about are, you know, not really related to women in music per se. But um, none of this shit is acceptable. So that's what the podcast is all about at the heart of it. So... I just want to dive right into all of these things because there's uh, quite a bit that we have to talk about today. The first thing on my list of topics to get into is the whole Drake situation, mostly because it's been something we've been noticing for a while and nobody seems to be batting an eye. Still to this day, a lot of people are not batting an eye. But I found this article from Esquire that talked about what happened and it basically said, video has surfaced of Drake kissing a 17-year-old fan on stage during a 2010 concert in Denver. In the footage, Drake invites a young woman on stage from the audience. He dances with her, kisses the back of her neck, and touches her breasts as the audience cheers him on. Afterward, he asks how old she is, because afterwards is when he should have asked that, right? When she tells him she's 17, and in parentheses it says the legal age of consent in Colorado is 17, he backs away and jokingly says, I can't go to jail yet, man. I like how he says yet, but that's besides the point. Why do you look like that? You thick. Look at all of this, he continues. I don't know if I should feel guilty or not, but I had fun. I like the way your breasts feel against my chest. He kisses her on the cheeks, face, and forehead, and then sends her back into the crowd. 
Now, <laughs> there's a lot going on there, and it's it's fucking messy. But let us not forget, Drake was also dating an 18-year-old girl and had what deemed by the internet an inappropriate relationship with then 14-year-old Millie Bobby Brown. But like, there's a lot happening there, and it's just all bad. Just all bad bad Drake like what are you doing and I know at least some at some point everybody listening has been a Drake stan at one point in their life even if it was for like a week even if it was like you listen to Scorpion once and you're like yes 18 or however many songs yes Drake we absolutely needed that please nobody needed that many songs Drake I have no idea what you were doing with that but anyway it's just you know, Paramore covered Passion Fruit last summer and it turned the entire generation or my generation of music fans into Drake stands. Despite that time at Bamboozle many moons ago where Drake gave himself a three unasked for encore set and pushed Paramore set back 15 minutes, which was already in only an hour anyway. But who's salty? Clearly not me. Clearly, you know, I didn't wait in the rain to watch Paramore for 45 minutes just because Drake wanted to give himself three encores. It's fine. We're moving on. But anyway, Drake is messy. Basically it. And his obsession with Rihanna was super fucking cringy. Drake, literally with any woman, has been messy and cringy. And it just seems to be he has an obsession with underage girls. So, um, yeah, we don't stand Drake in this house anymore, guys. So that's it on Drake. He's, he's messy and we unstand. Case closed. So moving on from that, the next thing I absolutely need to talk about is the whole Surviving R. Kelly documentary series. This article from InStyle basically sums up everything that you need to know about it. So I'm just basically going to read off of that because why, why the fuck not? They already did it for me. It said Lifetime six-part series Surviving R. Kelly has brought the controversial artist back, past back. I said back back. Definitely said back back. <laughs> passed back into the spotlight though rumors of his misdeeds have been swirling for decades the docuseries has reignited an interest in finding out exactly what happened since the series debuted on january 3rd more and more artists have spoken out against r kelly and companies associated with him have taken a stand in the wake of the hashtag mute r kelly campaign here's everything that's happened since surviving r kelly and what many of the people involved hope will come now that kelly's actions are being investigated the first company to see an effect was Spotify. According to The Blast, the artist's songs saw a spike in streaming after surviving R. Kelly. In May 2018, Spotify said that it would remove Kelly from all official playlists, but later added him back after criticism of regulation. John Legend appeared on the show acknowledging his huge success with songs like I Believe I Can Fly. While Legend said that Kelly's music has inspired many people, it didn't justify all of his other actions. R. Kelly has brought so much pain to so many people. Time's up for R. Kelly. The Cut reports that on January 8th, an official investigation against Kelly was opened in Georgia. The Fulton County District Attorney's Office count, uh, contacted the woman that appeared on the show. Soon after, more women came forward in Chicago, stating they survived similar abuse to th that described in the show. On January 9th, Lady Gaga released a statement and pulled her 2013 collab with Kelly, Do You Do What You Want With My Body, from all streaming services. Chance the Rapper issued a statement just a few days prior. Now, I have Lady Gaga's 
uh, Twitter statement, which was super powerful. So I'm going to read that very quickly. She wrote, I stand behind these women 1000%. Believe them, know they are suffering and in pain and feel strongly that their voices should be heard and taken seriously. What I am hearing about the allegations against R. Kelly is absolutely horrifying and indefensible. As a victim of sexual assault myself, I made both the song and video at a dark time in my life. My intention was to create something extremely uh, defiant and provocative because I was angry and still hadn't processed the trauma that had occurred in my life, my own life. The song is called Do What You Want With My Body. I think it's clear how explicitly twisted my thinking was at the time. If I could go back and have a talk with my younger self, I tell her to go through the therapy I had since then so that I could understand the confused post-traumatic state that I was in of if there or if therapy was not available to me or anyone in my situation to seek help and to and speak as openly and honestly as possible about what we've been through. I can't go back, but I can go forward and continue to support women, men and people of all sexual identities and of all races who are victims of sexual assault. I have demonstrated my stance on the issue and others many times throughout my career. I share this not to make excuses for myself, but to explain. Till it happens to you, you don't know how it feels, but I do know how I feel now. I intend to remove the song off of iTunes and other streaming platforms and will not be working with him again. I'm sorry both for my poor judgment when I was young and for not speaking out sooner. I love you. (coughs) Sorry. Uh, Apparently, Lady Gaga was criticized for not speaking out sooner, which, you know, of course, always happens. But anyway, so that was Lady Gaga's statement. The article continues saying during hashtag mute R. Kelly protest, Kelly appeared at a Chicago club the same day Kelly's lawyer threatened to sue Lifetime. In a statement on her Instagram story, uh, Buku Abai, I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm probably not. Uh, sorry. Uh, Kelly's estranged daughter called her father a quote unquote monster. To the people who feel that I should be speaking up slash against everything is going on right now, she wrote, I just want you all to understand that devastated that devastated is an understatement for what I feel currently. I do apologize if my silence to all that is happening comes off as careless. In the following week, Celine Dion stated that she will she was working to pull her collab with Kelly, I'm Your Angel, from streaming services as well. The Pussycat Dolls followed suit, working to pull out of this club from the same services. The team in charge of organizing Spring Break Jam concert had their permit denied. Officials stated security concerns. Kelly was supposed to host the event. But at this point, the group of accusers has grown to include intern Tracy Sampson, Faith Rogers, Akia Van Allen, and Danielle Williams. Now, there is also a really great and lengthy in-depth article from Vulture.com that I will link in the show notes below that explains why nobody did anything about him prior to Lifetime doing this docuseries. So I'm definitely going to post that for you guys in the show notes. Make sure that you check it out. It's a really great in-depth article. And I really think that if you're um, a person or if you're somebody interested in everything that's going on and you want to educate yourself, which you absolutely should, um, definitely take a read, read the whole thing. If you don't have time, at least skim a little bit of it. It's a really great article. I definitely encourage you guys to do so. If it wasn't so long and in depth, I would definitely read it. But you guys know that I can't read to save my life. So this is already a struggle. But um, aside from that, another tidbit that's come out is (laughs) basically about him being dropped and also re-picked up by all these labels. And there was an article from Variety that talked about both. So I'm just gonna try my best and read more. 
Sony Music has decided to dissolve its working relationship with R. Kelly. Variety has learned. No external announcement of the move is planned in the immediate future, says a source, who added that the company took its time to wade through the issues. Of course they did. Quote, unquote, responsibly and avoid legal ramifications. Of course Sony did. That's literally fucking Sony's M.O. R. Kelly was removed from the RCA Records website, which lists the labels uh, signed artists shortly after 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Friday, January 18th. Kelly's back catalog will remain on RCA slash Sony. Kelly's last release was the label with the label was a Christmas themed album 2016, although he was has released several songs independently since that time presumably with Sony's consent, of course, and tweeted earlier this year that he has a new album on the way. Oh, thank God. That's all we, that's all we've ever wanted is just another R. Kelly album. You know, it's what I keep asking for every Christmas. Um, hold on. Uh, contacted by Variety, reps for both RCA Records and its parent company, Sony Music, declined comment. Of course they did. His current advisor, Don Russell, told Rolling Stone that several record labels are, quote-unquote, very interested in working with Kelly. We understand RCA's position. They have to remain transparent for the sake of the other artists that represent and generate wealth for, he said. They're not in the position of dealing with the kind of stuff that has come out with R. Kelly. He has no issue with RCA. I think he's outgrown RCA. He's ready for the next level level of his life anyway tv journalist john murray tells variety that he has learned from a sony music source that kelly was informed of the label's decision to part ways with him last thursday i guess we need to make a docuseries on dr luke for sony to give a shit about dropping him too because he's still on there they still have a working relationship with him go fucking figure So I literally cannot applaud a fish for swimming. I refuse to applaud Sony for doing literally anything after what they put Kesha through and having a relationship with Dr. Luke. So fuck Sony. They get no brownie points from me. Not now, not ever, no matter what they do, even if they drop um, Dr. Luke tomorrow, I give zero fucks. All the things that they did to Kesha prior matters more. So bye Sony. Thank you next. And seriously, fuck whatever labels are interested in R. Kelly because that's ridiculous moving on from that the last straight man that's terrorizing music this month is the weekend which probably isn't a surprise at this point at least not to me so the weekend put out a new single called lost in the fire and the lyrics are under (laughs) literal fire for being well uh homophobic an article from queer t sums up from twitter Uh, Because there was a lot going on on Twitter. It said, (laughs) quote unquote, you said you might be into girls. She said you're going through a phase, keeping your heart safe. Well, baby, you can bring a friend. She can ride on top of your face while I fuck you straight. Oh, God, I hate those lyrics so much. He sings, needless to say, queer activists have fired back at the singer with lesbian journalist Jill Gutowitz leading the pack on Twitter. I don't like to cancel culture and I'm not saying cancel the weekend, but these are the kind of lyrics that fucked me up when I was younger and subconsciously kept me in the closet. So it's important to talk about and say this isn't okay. Um, And then it just reiterates, these are the kind of lyrics that fucked me up when I was younger and subconsciously kept me in the closet. It says that she elaborates, but it's literally right there in her tweet. There were tons of people on my timeline that were literally outraged by these lyrics and they should be. I mean, I'm outraged outraged by these lyrics first of all they're poorly written second of all yikes 
And third of all, they're homophobic as hell. It's just like the idea of women being gay just for a phase is a toxic idea that just floats around way too fucking often. And this lyric directly perpetuates it, like literally saying, fuck her straight, which is... Oh my God, just so many things wrong with that statement. It's just, why the weekend? Why? We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. You know, why couldn't you just like not do that? God, this is fucking straight men this month. I can't. People who think you can fuck someone straight is is toxic and homophobic. It's just like there's no apology or excuse that can help that or make that sound like it's not either of those things. So. The stupidity as of late, it's only 21 days into 2019. What is, what is happening? Just somebody, somebody help. I need, I need an adult. I really need an adult after preparing for this episode. But things that aren't terrible, before we move on, I have tons to talk about. Don't worry. It's going to be wild and crazy and great i've been asking my friend alaria for music recommendations because along with her being ridiculously talented that girl has taste she gave me a lot to choose from but she wrote in all caps to check out this solo project of ella uh, elena tonra of daughter I'm probably saying that name wrong as well, but we're rolling with it because that's my brand. The project is called X-Ray and the song I'm going to play is called New York because New York is in mourning because the Patriots are in another Super Bowl and nobody wanted that. I don't think New England wants that anymore. Like people of New England, do you do you want to see Tom Brady win like an 18th Super Bowl? Like aren't you tired? I'm tired. I mean, of course I'm tired. I hate the Patriots. And Tom Brady is my least favorite person that exists. That's an, that's an overstatement, but you guys get my point. Anyway, I'm off topic. The song is called New York. It's from her 2018 release that seems to be called X-Ray. I can't find an, another name for it, but that seems to be what it's called. Um, I don't know how this album or this song in general isn't played in every single indie movie or every person listening to music on the train when it's raining scene that's ever been made. But cinema, you're missing out and you need to check this out. So let's get these tears. Here is New York. Things are missing 
Again, that was the song New York by the artist X-Ray from her 2018 album X-Ray. So back to the chaos that's been in the music industry this month. Um, th- this next thing that I have to talk about actually kind of bums me out. But um, as some of you may or may not know, I am a huge fan of the band Movements. Their EP was one of the most heavily rotated things that I've listened to in the last like two years. It was 
it's so good. I love it so much. Um, but Movement's frontman Patrick Miranda was subject to a series of angry tweet replies because he had asked the internet, which was already a bad idea, to name female inclusive bands to take on their next tour. It got over 900 replies. I think it was like 970 or something crazy like that. And the tour ended up seeing zero women on on the bill and people were quite upset. I myself laughed at the tweet that caused the controversy, to be completely honest. The tweet was a side-by-side of Patrick's tweet with the number of replies circled and then the tour poster and the tweet read something like LOLO or something very close to that. It was basically like mocking it. And I was a little bummed out when I saw it, to be honest, but then started reading the defense tweets for it and immediately was on the defense for him as well. Also, I know Movements has just toured with the band Eat Your Heart Out, which I've played on here before. And they actually have a song featuring him called um, Conscience, which is the song that I played on that episode. I don't remember what episode it is off the top of my head, but I have played that song before. And he's also producing their next record and really trying to elevate their career. I mean, they're an Australian band, so they're really trying to pick up momentum in the States. And he's really the driving force behind it. So I definitely think that he deserves some credit for that, at least. But Patrick got so overwhelmed with the hate that he left social media because it was just really damaging to his mental health. And he was just like severely triggered by it and everything that was happening. He just needed a break. And also, um, not only uh, did Patrick have to deal with that, but to add on to musicians that are getting hate recently and their mental health being at the mercy of it, Panic at the Disco is on their second leg of the Pray for the Wicked tour. And as an opener... The gracious Mr. Disco brought the band Two Feet, a band with a moderately small following, but I have heard the song I Feel Like I'm Drowning on Alt Nation almost every hour for the past couple months, if not year, and I had no idea who it was until the moment of writing this uh, episode. I was listening to Two Feet because I was really curious to hear what they sounded like because people were attacking. I don't know if they're a band or if it's just one guy, but I'm going to call it a band just for the sake of argument, but... um, people were attacking the band for being guitar heavy and like all of this stuff. And I've heard that they're jazz and I'm like, what is going on? So I actually went on Spotify while I was um, writing this episode. And then I picked the one song I feel like I'm drowning and I immediately recognized it. And I'm like, I've heard this song so many times that I absolutely love it. I think it's a great song and I'm listening to it and I'm like, how do Panic fans not get behind this? You know, it's different. It's cool. It's very beat heavy. Like, I I don't understand. Like, do people not have taste? I mean, they're listening to Panic at the Disco. Obviously, they have to have some sort of taste. And I've seen some of the bands that Panic has brought out on tour. And it's just like, I, I literally don't understand. But Panic fans apparently bullied the shit out of this band and or at least the guy that's in the forefront of the band and he went on a now uh, deleted string of tweets saying that he was basically going to fulfill his tour obligations and then like never play a live show again so I actually have saved screenshots that somebody had posted on Twitter and this is what he wrote it was a string of three tweets he said gonna complete this panic tour like I promised even though those most I think he I don't know what he meant by this but it said even though those most of the fans at the shows look confused and even angry at the loud guitar and hate the bass and vibe my music and after that I'm done with live shows recordings only imagine pouring out your heart on stage and getting messages like what the fuck was that why didn't you dance and if you don't dance why don't you have dancers no one wants to see a guitar driven act why did you play guitar most of the show I try to ignore it but it's every day 
No, I don't sing Broadway and I'm not even an actor and nothing on stage is fake. All I know how to do is play guitar and write songs alone in my room. I'm not a pop star and I'm not an act. I'm a musician. Doing this is pain- is so painful and fake. I miss playing on the street a lot. Now, how ridiculous are people? First of all, some of you people need to check your history books because Brendan Urie did not always dance. He played guitar most of the days of Pretty Odd. And with the exception of the Nothing Rhymes with Circus tour, he was mainly behind a piano or a guitar. He actually did play a lot of piano on and guitar in uh, during that tour because they only had the one record and he played guitar most of that record. So, But I'm saying with the exception of it because I know that they had that little dance bit Um 2006 was a wild time but that was first of all second of all how many bands actually dance or have dancers there's so many guitar driven bands out there and they're incredibly talented I mean like look at bands like Paris or Now Now or Hop Along or even Fall Out Boy or like Blink-182 or any of these bands like who's dancing who's dancing what dancers are you talking about like I I don't understand it literally a vast majority of bands do not have dancers this is not a fucking Super Bowl halftime show I don't understand like yikes yikes in the yard and like yeah Brendan was on Broadway he's a natural performer he just took a second to find his footing I mean he wasn't always who he is now Beyonce wasn't built in a day neither was Brendan Urie But let's not forget the days of the bowl cut and the weird fucking paisley print that nobody understands became a thing. Paramore took out Foster the People, a band that sounds literally nothing like them. And yes, they had radio success and people in that crowd were stands. Like I stood next to a girl at that Philly show and she was a Foster the People stan. Oh my God, she almost crushed me. But she was there for Foster the People. I mean, can't relate, but... I fuck with like three of their songs. It was, it was fine. But Two Feet is so good. So good, in fact, that I'm going to play an appropriate song right now off the 2016 EP called First Steps. And the song is called Go Fuck Yourself, which is what you should do if you bully wholesome musicians just trying to play their music, you know? So there you go. Fucked and drank all night Acted all alright Had no need to fight Tonight, tonight Fucked and drank all night Acted all alright Had no need to fight Tonight, tonight Cast me far away. Pla- 
So yeah, that was Go Fuck Yourself by Two Feet. He put out a record in October of last year called A 20-something Fuck and Alt Nation Still Plays. I feel like I'm drowning every single hour. So jokes on the haters. Thank you, next. And speaking of thank you, next, my grand or grande, I should say, finale is something that I don't want to talk about, but I have to because it's relevant and uh, we just have to talk about it. But Ariana put out yet another bop from this album that we keep hearing about, but don't know anything more than what she says. And that's just that it exists. Uh, When I was researching for this episode, I actually saw an article saying that apparently we're getting the album next month, which, I mean, drop it on my birthday, Ariana. It's on a Friday. Hello. Make my day. But the song in question, as you guys probably already know what I'm going to say, is called Seven Rings. It's a song that she wrote about her six friends who she treated to some rings one day. And I just have to say, how does somebody have six friends and why would you want six friends? That sounds like a lot of maintenance and I'm already having a panic attack thinking about that many people to associate with on a daily basis. But anyway, that's irrelevant. Ariana came under fire for literally so many reasons. I don't even know if I have all the reasons. I I hope that I'm you know, caught up with everything that she was under fire for, for this one song. But the first thing was how she wrote this line, rather be tied up with calls and not strings, write my own checks like I write what I sing. And someone had tweeted that she had 11 or so co-writers and all this stuff about how um, she doesn't write her own songs and she needs so many co-writers and, you know, how people always like to bring that up. You know, Beyonce you know, always heard that criticism because of how many writers that she had. I remember when uh, I think Beck won some award the year that um, the self-title came out and he was the only guy that wrote the song and produced it and everything. And then there's a side by side of Beyonce and she had like a million co-writers and producers and everything. It's a it's a fucking mess. Like just like the song. Just listen to the song. I don't care who wrote it. Hannah Montana didn't write any of her songs and everybody bopped to those. So I let Ariana live her life. I don't know. The girl just wants to tweet cloud emojis and mind her business. And it, this shit just keeps happening. But anyway, again, off topic. But um, people did come to her defense and say that some of the writers on the song were um, actual writers from the song, uh, The Sound of Music, which is what she sampled in her song. And then the other ones were um, her friends who actually helped write the song because it's about friendship and she wanted to include them. Like, wow, Ariana is a good friend. Can I be her friend? I don't need a ring. Just like, talk to me once in a while. Hello? Anyway, Ariana, please be my friend. I'm very low maintenance. You don't even have to talk to me every day. But that was the first thing that she was accused of. The next thing she was being accused of is stealing from not only Soldier Boy, who I'm, I'm not even throwing shade. I literally did not know he was still relevant. I... I just thought that like 2007 came and went 
the scene phase is over. So is MySpace and so is Soldier Boy. So sorry, no tea, no shade. I literally did not know he even made music anymore or he was even still fucking alive. So so not only did Soldier Boy attack her and she she wrote a tweet that said miss you and he quote tweeted it and said you're a thief like wow really shook really got me Woo! need to take a nap after that one soldier boy really socked it to her but there was another artist who actually um attacked ariana and it was a bigger deal than soldier boys you're a thief and that was princess nokia i have actually played her on the podcast before alaria has recommended her to me and i'm actually a big fan of her music and actually a lot of my timeline was talking about this before princess nokia actually responded on her instagram story which has since been taken down but um it is on youtube so i am going to play what she said right now Now, yes, I said it was taken down because Princess Nokia was then under fire for apparently stealing the beat from her song, Mine, from another artist that I've played on here, and it's actually Pat's most played artist of 2018 from Spotify, and that is Kelly Uchis. Alternative Press of all places covered the entire exchange from Twitter, so I'm just really going to read that entire article because it sums up all the people yelling about this one beat, apparently. So... It says, Princess Nokia accused of beat theft after Ariana Grande call out. And it says, uh, I'm just going to read the, the whole article. It's not very long. It says, Princess Nokia is now under fire for stealing the beat off her song, Mine, as well as a track from Colombian singer-songwriter Kali Uchis. The claims are coming from only a few hours after the rapper called out Ariana Grande's seven rings for ripping her off. Ariana Grande's seven rings dropped yesterday, sending the internet into a frenzy. However, not all response was positive, with many saying the song was way too similar to another track, Princess Nokia's Mine, which is the song that apparently we're talking about now. The responses summoned the attention of Princess Nokia herself, who shared a video on Twitter where she calls out Grande on the song's similarities in both sound and context. Mine is off the rapper's 2017 release, 1992 Deluxe, which is everything that I just said. Again, I'm just reading this whole article just because it has all the tweets and I'm a lazy bitch. So bear with me. It says, uh, I'm not going to read that because that's literally what the um, Instagram story just said. So it said many fans were quick to side with the rapper. However, now one producer is claiming she didn't own the beat in the first place. It says producer KRS took to Twitter to say Princess Nokia's producer stole the beat from a sam- uh, sample pack him and Oshi created. The rapper seems to have deleted her Twitter account after the call out. Whoa, that was bold. It says, your producer stole this from our sa- our first sample pack. He wrote, shaking my head and then tagged um, the person who made it and it said, made that melody. And then it said, Oshi, 
also addressed the situation in a series of tweets. Although the producer didn't claim to own the melody, he says Princess Nokia shouldn't be upset about it because she didn't create the song in the first place. Now, this Oshi account, I think the the real name is Joshua. That's what it says on um, his Twitter account. It says, obviously, I don't own a melody I made, but you can't call someone out for biting when your whole song was built off an imitation of something I made, smiley face. And then um, there was a, and then this Joshua account um, quote tweeted this other <laughs> tweet that says, I'm sorry, but why do producers put non-royalty fee loops and drum kits? I think it's really dumb. I'm not going to lie. It's literally no point in using one. It makes it very easy for people to do just this and it doesn't help anyone. So then the quote tweet was the point was that she made a video claiming Ariana bit her style, not realizing that she was biting, uh, being a hypocrite because someone remade my sample in her own song. I don't care about being paid for it or being credited for it. It's just the principle. I'm like, not going to lie. That's literally the point. Like, don't take the heat. If I mean, um, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. Holy shit. I can't even think of anything anymore. My brain is still mush. I don't know how this episode is happening. So if you've gotten this far, congratulations. I don't know what that says about you, but thanks. The producer also pointed out that the most contemporary popular music is quote unquote stolen from other artists, which I definitely agree with. A lot of the sound style you hear in the most popular songs today come from underrated and underground artists. That is very true. Being creative comes with a certain type of ego complex and being able to grow past that unlocks so many more paths and so much more potential. I agree with that as well. Additionally, some Twitter users are pointing out the similarities between Princess Nokia's Orange Blossom and Kali Uchis's Honey Baby. Ooh, that's a lot. And then um, I think that and then everybody's just playing all these songs back to back. So it's pretty hilarious to me that um, Princess Nokia was so quick to, you know, throw Ariana under a bus. Granted, I don't think the songs are very similar, but the the content of it seems very similar. And um, as you guys heard in that clip that I just played, um, Princess Nokia is pretty upset about the whole Ariana Grande biting off the whole weave um uh, thing I guess um, because she was saying you know you like my hair gee thanks just bought it so um, I think that was what she was mostly upset over and then quote unquote her biting off her song but I think there was a lot more to Princess Nokia's um, beef with Ariana than just the song theft so I think that there's a lot to explore there but it's just a little funny to me that she was so quick to make that Instagram story and call out Ariana and then people are calling her out and just where's Kelly Uchis in this? That's just what I want to know. But um, <laughs> Ariana actually apologized for the line. Um, Gee, thanks. I just bought it. She commented on this Instagram account. That's um, I think it's called the Shade Room. And she said, hi, hi, heart emoji. I think her intention was to be like, yay, a white person disassoci disassociating the negative stereotype. That is paired with the word quote unquote weave. However, I'm so sorry for my response was out of pocket or if it came off or if it came across that way. Thanks for opening the conversation and like to everyone for talking to me about it. It's never my intention to offend anybody. Heart emoji again. The last and most consistent thing that she's been accused of is culture vulturing because her tan skin and her lyrics and seven rings and also the use of um, Chinese lettering in her promo for Imagine and for seven rings. So a lot of people are pretty upset with Ariana for those reasons as well and to be honest I've already exhausted this topic with Pat on the last episode and um, I can't tell people of color how to feel 
nor will I ever tell people of color how to feel because who the fuck am I? And um, honestly, Ariana Grande doesn't affect me in that way. So I feel like I can't and shouldn't have an opinion on it. But um, my opinion is that she's just tan. <laughs> that's really it. Um, the whole Italian thing and the whole how she tans thing, that's a whole different thing that I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole because I am not a Ancestry.com um, curator. I don't even know my own ancestry. I don't even know where 80% of the United States is. Um, yeah, no, don't ask me about um, being tan. I just live on an island and live near several beaches. And I know that 90% of the girls around me are tan. But that's it. So I'm not touching that topic. Um, there's been a lot of controversy with her um, trying to portray a person of color. There's been a lot of backlash for defending her. It's just like, it's a fucking mess. And yeah, no, I can't participate in that. And I shouldn't participate in that. I have literally no reason to. So that's all I have to say on that. Um, let the people that are affected um, say what they have to say and listen to them because that's uh that's what you should do so there you have it the mess of the music industry so far in 2019 21 days of fuckery and i know that there's still a lot that's been happening that i've probably missed or that i just missed when i wrote this episode um but there will be a lot more to come um i'm not going anywhere um i don't think last time I checked but there's also apparently some new beef with Lana Del Rey but you guys know that I can't talk about Lana without Pat his ears are probably ringing as I speak so um, we're definitely going to get into that I definitely want to do some more stuff with him um, I also briefly super quick um, I have been seeing a lot of movies lately I went to North Carolina to see my movie buddy Chad um, we have an unofficial movie gang group that keeps getting smaller and smaller it's now just me and me, him, and his fiance. Um, sometimes it's just me and him. <laughs> but um, we saw four movies uh, last weekend, and they were all very interesting. They were all very different. We saw The Shoplifters, which was a, um, a Japanese film. It had uh, subtitles, and it was actually a really good movie to watch. It was basically around this Japanese family who shoplifted and I won't give anything else away because there's a lot of plot twists that happen and um, you guys should definitely check it out. I didn't even know it existed. Chad um, knew and apparently it has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. So obviously it's a good film. So if it's playing in your theater near you, definitely check it out. It was great. And we also saw um, The Favorite with Emma Stone. It was a lot funnier than I expected and really fucking weird, but um, it was it was definitely a good movie. Definitely a lot more humorous than I thought. We saw If Ball Street Could Talk, and that was an interesting movie that I definitely think everybody should check out. It centers around a black couple who has to deal with um, the girl being young and pregnant and the um, the guy going to jail and finding out why he went to jail and then trying to prove his innocence. And it's just really beautifully shot. All the costumes were incredible I mean I just couldn't take my eyes off of it it was very emotional Chad cried like four times it was just really beautifully done I definitely think everybody should check that out as well I definitely think that it's up for or should be up for every award possible I definitely think it'll win at least three awards um it was that good we also saw um on the basis of sex which was also very well done uh Felicity Jones is 
a phenomenal actress. I love Army Hammer. Um, definitely check that out if you guys believe in equality, which you should. And if you're here, then obviously you do. And um, we also saw, oh, I can't think of the other movie that we saw, but um, everything everything was really good. And I definitely think that you guys should explore all the movies that are coming out. They definitely have a strong message. And um, AMC's A-list is way better than MoviePass. And I'm not endorsing it because that's not what I do. But fuck MoviePass. Um, it's an atrocious um, thing. <laughs> so go A-list. Anyway, that's all I had to say for movies. Um, definitely go check out all of those that I just mentioned because they're incredible. But um, yeah, that's all I have. Basically, the mess of the music industry, but cinema saving everything. And um, before I go, I'm going to play you guys the last song for today. It's another recommendation by Alaria. It's by the artist More More. And he just released an EP in the summer of 2018 called Heaven's Only Wishful. And the song is actually the title track from it. But before I play it, I do first want to tell you guys, you can find me on social media. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel that functions, but um, I do have a Twitter account that um, serves as quite the chaotic vehicle, and that's Rebel Hearts Girl. Instagram is Sam is Socks, where it's getting very interesting for 2019, a lot of Ariana Grande-inspired looks, so definitely be following for that. It's going to get real weird in the next couple months, I'm sure. Facebook, I never really use, but I promote it anyway, because why the fuck not? Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast. And my website is rebelheartspodcast.com. I did not pay the domain, so I don't know if it's still up. I did not check prior to recording this, so Godspeed. Um, you can actually find the link to the web store because, yes, merch still exists. I still have tons of merch. Please buy it. Um, if In case rebelheartspodcast.com does not work, um, the web store is rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com. Please buy my shirts. Please give me a reason to reprint Zine 3. Um, help me, I'm poor. But please buy something or tell a friend or tweet the link. I Do something. It, it would be great. And there's also a link to the Spotify playlist featuring bands that inspired me and bands that I've played on the podcast, podcast before. Um, I'm trying my best not to edit this episode, which is obviously not going very well. So... You guys are going to hear me in all my glory and all of my messy verbal typos. So sorry in advance. I'm just cold. It There's no heat in my house. It's eight degrees outside. I'm wearing a Snuggie. Things are tough. But uh, yeah, other than that, that's all I have. I'll see you guys at the front. Here's more and more. I'm just a poor boy.
I can feel the cold air.